What's up, y'all? This is John Ryan Cantu, and this is the JRC Podcast. Thank you for joining me today on another episode. Today, I'm chatting with Ernesto Perez with Kingdom Music. I love this guy. We've come to be really good friends over the past few months, and uh, on the show, he gives us his testimony, and we spent a good amount of time talking about his work with prison ministry. And I actually have an update that you won't hear in the show because this was recorded about a month before its release. But after that initial recording of the podcast, uh, he told me that he and his group were actually going to visit a prison the following week. And so he, he invited me and I jumped right on it. I invited a couple guys from our church who had shown some interest in the past. And we went out there and um, man, the experience was incredible. We got to connect with real people who made real mistakes in their life, but every single one of these guys, you could just tell that God had gotten a hold of their heart. Uh, They knew that they were sinners, but they understood that the grace of God had no limits. And uh, we joined one of their church services, and man, I was blown away. I mean, I I had the opportunity to speak, and, and, and all of these guys were just fired up. They wanted prayer. And by the way, these prayer requests are like next level. I mean, I prayed over murderers, gang members, former cartel leaders uh, who committed just horrible crimes in their life, but they were hungry and they wanted salvation. They wanted freedom in Jesus. And many of many of these guys seem to be more free than people who are not in prison. Um, and so it was just it was an amazing experience. Do me a favor. If you would just pray for these men in this Texas prison, I won't say the name of the unit, but if you could just pray uh, for some of these men who are up for parole, many of them They have Jesus now because Jesus is all they have. But as I told them, like once you are on the outside, distractions come back, old lives, old habits, old friendships, old enemies, old temptations, all of that wants to come creeping back in. And I just, I want these guys to uh, take Jesus with them out in the world and not leave him in in their prison cell. So if you could just, if you could pray that with me, I would really appreciate that. uh, your, your your prayers. So, um, but that's just an update that I wanted to share. And and now here's the show with Ernesto Perez. Ernesto Perez. Yep, yep, yep. AKA Ernesto Truth Teller. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, that's what, sir. That's what that's what they call you, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, tell tell us a little bit about, I guess what you what you do, who you are, all that kind of origin story. Man. Um... I just do whatever the Lord tells me to do. Okay. <laughs> I'm a servant, you know what I mean, uh, uh, and a son of God. I, 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 I'm a father of five children. Okay. A husband of a beautiful wife. Um, man, we do. Uh, I'm part of a, an amazing ministry called Kingdom Music, and uh, I'm part of an amazing uh, church called Get Wrapped. And you know, I just, man, we just love people, man. Uh, the idea is to, 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 to win souls. You know, I think I'm very passionate about. Um, setting people free you mm. know uh, mentally uh we come from a culture where our lifestyle and and um our experiences have have held us bound and sometimes i think still create different bondages in yeah in our mind yeah. especially when we come to christianity so we get a lot of hurt christians you know what yeah, i mean or sure. offended christians because we hold on to these mindsets that that are worldly and they don't mm-hmm. they have no place in the kingdom yeah so i have a passion about you know trying to help people be set free from that seeing themselves as sons seeing themselves in in from the kingdom perspective and involved in the kingdom culture okay. rather than a you know a worldly culture sure have you always been 
Have you always been a Christian, or was there a, like a oh and nah. born again, there was a born again moment? Nah, man, I was I've been saved for about ten years, probably okay. a little bit more. Uh, before that, I was in the street, you know, drug addiction, you know, robbing, just in the street, yeah. you know, uh, and not not necessarily in gangs, but around a lot of gang members, you know, uncles, friends, you know, that that the street life, so to speak, yeah. that was glorified and still is glorified now, you know, yeah. the biggest lie. To mankind, you need to be a certain type of way to be accepted, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so those are the types of people that you're really connected with, that you try to try to reach. And we'll kind of talk about a little bit of, of the ministry that you're into um, in a bit. But um, how has that, I guess, how has that upbringing kind of um, played into your ministry? Because, you know, I tell people all the time, I think every, wherever we come from, I mean, that's, that's God redeeming yeah, yeah. Even if the past is ugly, God can redeem it. Now, I, I um, I've been in church all my life. I was dedicated. I was presented to the Lord as a baby in yeah. that building next door. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so I mean, thirty four years being being here. That's I, I grew up in the church in Christian culture, um, and so a lot of who I am, you know, I, I reference back to just my my Christian upbringing. So how does that? I guess growing up in the streets and all that and now being really heavily involved in in ministry and doing the Lord's work, how has that kind of shaped your ministry today? I think it, it motivates it, you know, and it empowers it because uh, I have a, a heart, you know, and a burden and a, and a, and a, and a passion for for the people in the street, you know, for like like people who stuck in that in that mindset of being in the street, and for drug addicts and drug dealers and gangbangers and mm-hmm. uh, prostitutes and the homeless and all that, I I, I have a a burning desire to to, to lead those people to Christ mm-hmm. because there's more than to life than that, yeah. you know, and, and that life is a lie, you know, and, and and it took me years and years of being homeless and being out and out of jail and you know drug addiction and you know just being in different involved in different. Um, conflicts and, and dangers in life to, to realize that hey I was being I was being lied to. Right. So you you understand that I guess that that language, right? Yeah. You, you you can speak to those types of people and relate to them in a way that maybe I I can't, right? Yeah. Um I, I think that's I think that's um that's beautiful how God, you know, really just takes our our ugly and he turns it into something for his glory. Facts. Right? Our um, mess and turns it into a message, right? That's right. That's exactly <laughs> that's it, man. Uh so you are uh, well, let, let me also ask you this, because um, I'm, I'm always curious about salvation stories when it comes to like families. Were you, were you, did you get saved while you were married? I wasn't married yet. No. Okay. No. Okay. No. No. I was. I was. Uh, we were shacked up. Okay. <laughs> you know okay. I mean? We okay. had kids and everything, but All right. I didn't get saved. My mom and my grandma were are Christians. Uh-huh. Uh My Christian. My mom. My grandma was a very devoted Christian, a devout Christian. We had Bible studies at the house, and I believe that's where I first encountered the Holy Spirit. Okay. When I was very young, I remember we had a Bible study at my house, and there were, we had a kind of like a circle, and and they were laying hands on me, and I just felt like this overwhelming presence come over me, and I okay. I, I cried for for a long time, but I was young. I probably would have been like seven or eight. Okay. Um, but then after that, it was just, you know, off to the races. It was something that was consistent in my life. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I wasn't always, I was always saved. And um, the crazy part about it, that it took me more than a rock bottom to get saved. I went to a rock bottom probably like once or twice. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until I was headed there again. And my wife was like, man, you got to change. <laughs> you know, because you, if you're not, if you don't, you're going to lose us. You know, I had lost them once. Uh, and she had threatened me again that she was going to leave me with the kids. And uh, I was in a driveway at my house, man, because I, I used to be really bad on, on, on smoking dope. Mm-hmm. 
and I would hate to come home uh, high or, or yeah. come home like you know because it would I was, as soon as I would get home it would be a fight so in my in my crazy thinking I would think if I can if I can come home sober you know yeah, yeah. I'd be okay but I'd stay out for days you yeah. know I'd stay out for, for weeks uh, without coming home so I was have I was coming home from a binge and I had parked in my driveway and I was listening to, to the radio um, and I'm, I think it was 97 in a box and uh, for whatever reason a gospel song came on Okay, and I was like, "What the heck?" You know, like so I changed it, but something inside of me told me put it back. Okay, and so I put it back, and it was talking about redemption. It was mm. talking about forgiveness. It was talking about the love of Jesus, and and it just I, it had an impact in my life. Yeah, and I believe that's where the that's the the work the, began. The snowball effect. Yep, yeah, yeah. Were you um, were you? This might be a, a personal question, but were you ever like addicted to? any like hard drugs or anything like that oh, yeah i did everything under the sun I, I i i was addicted to getting high okay so whether it was cocaine crack heroin everything ecstasy everything on the planet i i did it and i tried it but what took me what took me down uh an ugly path was was crack cocaine okay wow yeah i was addicted for crack to crack cocaine for years yeah since the age of 17 till about 28 29 years old so yeah, so so I'm I'm always interested in this type of conversation when it's when there's like an actual when there's an addiction, um, because you know you come to Jesus and and you're set you're set free from your bondage right you're set free from your sins, um, but a lot of times people are still they still have those you know those those chemical imbalances where they're they they still kind of they're addicted right yeah, they're still yeah, addicted yeah. and so even though they've come to Christ they've given Christ everything there's still that that real hard struggle of totally breaking that uh, did you have that type of moment yeah, I believe I was delivered yeah so it was just yeah, like it was night from and day. one day yeah yeah one day I was doing back. dope the next day I wasn't doing it no more praise God man yeah and I didn't awesome. have no I didn't have no um withdraws or anything nothing no and i would i would chip out because i would i was in a rehab facility and the guys that i was with man they would you could hear them cry they would cry at night and they were because their body was mm-hmm. with, with with withdrawing and and i didn't have any of that i didn't have any any withdrawals it was just like one day i was getting high wow. and the next day i was psh, come on yeah that's come awesome on. that's awesome yeah, bro. so you, you can't tell me god you know yeah, like, no, yeah. I'm, I'm living walking testimony there and I never, I, I never desired to drink. I never desired to to get high. And that, that's not to say that I didn't like it, mm-hmm. but for me to be like, oh, I wanna, you know, I had dreams here and there where I was getting high, but for me to want to get high, yeah, it, yeah, I feel like it was just gone. It was gone. Yeah, praise God, man. Yeah, Jesus did that. Yeah, all the way. And so now you're doing. I know you're. I know you're a pastor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk? You want to talk a little bit about? About that, about your ministry as a well, I pastor. I was a campus pastor for Get Route Southeast. Uh, it it kind of shut down, so now we're pastoring in, in at the at the North Campus, and we just uh, help out with a lot of prison ministry. You know, pastoring the the, the people there. Um, right now, we're our biggest. We're doing a, a hangout. We're doing. Um, Marriage ministry, uh, which if you're married and you're in Houston, love wins. Uh, mm. Marriage conference is is amazing, um, but um, the the biggest thing that we do right now is prison ministry. Okay. Yeah, you know the the guys inside the the walls and 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 just trying to help them be set free internally. Yeah. You know, as opposed to physically. What what's I mean? There, there's got to be some amazing stories that you have. Oh man, it's it's we've had devout 
Muslims, really? leadership, leaders in Muslims. We had, you know, Aryan Brotherhoods. We had all kinds of, of amazing testimonies from, from behind the walls, man, of, of people encountering Jesus and, and people giving their life to Christ. And it's always behind the genuine, uh, us being genuine. Mm-hmm. It's never uh, a religious encounter. It's never like something that, that that's manufactured is just you know like the guy that, that was a Muslim for like 12 years he was a leader and his 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 shock was like man you're, you're just like us hmm. y'all are just you know like I don't understand like but there's something different about you like the joy and the peace and the love like the encounter that he had with the Holy Spirit through through the ministry was was just amazing and he couldn't he couldn't stop crying yeah he's so, like I've been lied to you know kind of what he was saying yeah so you didn't go in there I think that's the key. You didn't you didn't go in there like with with a certain agenda. Like you went in there to to love, yeah, to love facts. people with the love of Christ. Yeah, to, to remember the forgotten. Yeah, you know, just to let them know that we love them, and that we care for them, and and not just us, but Jesus. Yeah, like, you know, the King of the world, the Creator of the universe, loves you tremendously, and and He wants a relationship with mm-hmm. you. You know, and that's kind of what we go in there with. We hug them, we spend time with them, and the consistency of us going in there is what makes the impact. Yeah, it's not a one time trip where they're like, and that's kind of what they tell us. Like, you know, you come over here consistently you don't get paid to come you don't have to come you drive hours to come uh-huh. and you still come yeah you know and you and you pull up all the time and you love on us and you're consistent and that's what takes impact relationship yeah exactly so what is what is a typical i guess trip look like are you do you guys like eat lunch with them like it depends how, how does that work? it's different you know according to the to when we go and then according to the prison <clears throat> if we go on a sunday it's like a sunday service okay they have a worship team and uh we'll do we'll, we'll, we'll minister uh we'll do a couple music as well uh and then if we're going to other other because some prisons are like campuses mm-hmm. so they have different uh units and some of them are um uh, max max uh, security some of them are general population so if we're doing different services yeah we'll go eat lunch with them uh, if we're going for a mentorship program we'll go and have to, and sit down and talk to them if we're going to teach we'll have it'll be like a classroom setting mm-hmm. but it just depends on, on the prison and what, and how we're involved with them yeah. but it's usually we go in there we go through the whole um, you know pat down take your shoes off mm-hmm. take all that stuff we go in and uh we wait for them to come, and when they come, we love them. We hug them. You know, I think that's one of my favorite parts of church and 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 just uh, the the synagogue type of mm-hmm. environment for me, for lack of, for lack of a better word, is greeting. Mm-hmm. You know, is when they come in and you hug them. Yeah, and you're like, man, thank you for coming, man, and I love you, and you're a blessing, and your smile and your hug is is is, is full of embrace and. That people don't take that for granted, but it's impactful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's a. I think people have this mind, this image in their mind of, of what a prison would look like. I mean, I think the typical person would think that okay, you go into a prison, it's gonna be you're gonna be met with a whole bunch of like hard people, stone yeah. cold people. You know, like we've had that encounter. Okay, yeah, it, it's just different. Like for example, you go to Polanski, and man, no disrespect, but they do church better than ninety percent <laughs> of the church out here. Really? Yeah, they have pastors, they have leadership, they have a worship team, they have you know, it's full blown church, okay. and it's amazing, bro. Like you, you go. I've gone in there and got uh, prophesized over. They've given me words while was going to minister to them you know so it's a yeah Polanski is is, is, a, is an amazing unit then we've been to like uh, a prison in Ohio where it was like guerrilla 
Okay. Yeah, it, it felt like, man, it was some heavy. Yeah. Polanski, too, has a side. I think it's called, it's either the A side or the B side, where it's a bunch of all the knuckleheads, and you can okay. just feel the heaviness. Yeah. They don't want to say hi to you. They don't. They, they look at you like you're crazy. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, they're in there for, for, for their own agenda. Uh, we went to a, a unit where... It was it was a lot of a lot of people and uh, but they were in there for their own agenda. They were having their meetings, so you could see how they were sitting. You mm. know what I mean? And and they didn't really acknowledge the fact that we were there, giving Jesus. They were kind of doing their own thing. So it's just different environments, you know. I'd love to talk to to one of those people, man. Just because I, I want to know what it's like to be a Christian in. I mean, that's like. I mean, obviously we're all Christians in the world, but like that's to me that seems like a different level, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the atmosphere of desperation that, that comes from being in there is just, it's, it's on a whole other level, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's it's real, even when they sing, when they worship, when they talk, you know, because I mean, a lot, in prison, a lot of things, a, a lot of what you have of sometimes is people hide behind the, the Bible. You know, you have uh, guys who go in there and, and jail can be ugly. Prison can be ugly. Mm-hmm. So they use the word of God as, as, as something to kind of hide behind. And then you have your real conversions, people who are really sold out for Jesus. And, 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 and it's not easy because it's like waking up in, 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 in your sin every day. You know what I mean? And, yeah. everything that inv- and, that, and everything that influences you to sin, you wake up in it every day and you're like, I got to be a Christian. Right, you know what I mean. So going out and dealing with drug dealers and and and, and gang members and and drugs and fighting and lying and you know and all that stuff is 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 there twenty four seven. So to be able to maintain and 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 pursue a life of of holiness in Christ is it's not easy, you know. I can't, man. I can't even. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, you got to be so. To me, you got to be. So, I, I always think, okay, if if I got wrongly convicted for something and I end up in prison like man what am I what am I going to do like you have to to me in my mind I'm like okay I have to put on this like this this different persona of like <laughs> yeah. man, I'm, I'm I'm tough and you know don't yeah. don't mess with me I don't I mean I, I don't know if that's if that's what they what they experience but yeah it's that's just always interesting um I think it, it, like in Christ like I don't know. It's just Jesus. Like we went to death row, and at death row, oh, wow. they have like they know when they're gonna they know when they're gonna die. Mm-hmm. They have their 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 their, their dates. Yeah, uh, and that was one of the most difficult places for me to minister at. Uh, I was just like, what? One because they don't they're like in in wall in, in in cells, right? And you're standing like this, and you can't see anything. So as somebody who's used to ministering to a crowd, I was like, I didn't, I didn't have no feedback. You know? Yeah, All I see was doors, and I was like, oh my god, you know? yeah. It was kind of nerve wracking. And then we had the opportunity to go talk to them at their cell, uh-huh. and man, like. The fact that some of them knew they were dying in a month, in, in two weeks, and how lit up they were for Jesus, oh, bro, it was yeah, it was crazy, yeah. Like one of them was like, "What do you mean, bro? I'm going home." You know what I mean? Like, what are they gonna threaten me with uh, heaven? Yeah, like, I'm going to heaven. You know? Yeah. I think his date was November 13th or something, and he was just so full of joy and so full of of zeal and, 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 and Jesus. It was just so encouraging, and I was like, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, you think about that that. I think um, when you when you take away everything that you've got, you know, you realize at, at some point when you start stripping things away. I mean, I and we can we can kind of make this bigger than just prison. But like, you know, let's say a, a person who's blessed and and then they they, they lose their job and, and then maybe they lose their car. Maybe they lose their home. 
like God is stripping all these things away. And initially it, it, it hurts because you kind of, you know, you kind of hold on to those a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but then when God takes everything away from you, kind of like he did Job, right. It's like, you realize I, I've got nothing left but God and God mm-hmm. is all that I need. And then when I think something clicks, right, where and this has happened to me where I was like, no, don't take whatever this thing <laughs> yeah. is away. Yeah. And God takes it away. And you realize that you're all right. You're, yeah. you're, you're OK, because all all you need is God. And so I think taking it to, to a prisoner who's on death row, I mean, they've literally been ta- everything's been taken away, yeah. even down to their life. And many of them have that that realization, like what else? I have nothing else to lose, right? Yeah. And everything to gain. Um, so yeah, that's that's really that's really encouraging. And I bet I bet it's got to be something beautiful for you as a minister. Um, but have have you? I don't know if you ever talked to to, to those, those types of guys and and they tell you what they're on death row for. Uh, I so I try not to ask them. Yeah. Because I, I was when I first started going, I'm like, when you get it now, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And never, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like <laughs> that, yeah, that, that it became kind of discouraging to yeah, me, yeah, you know, yeah. you know to, to, to be like, hey, when you get it now, because like in You're my mind, the sense of like when you get on, let's plug in, you know, yeah, yeah. let's do this, or you know, are you are you looking forward to to get it now and <sighs> to see the, the the discouragement that I brought yeah. from just that simple question, bro? I stop, I like stop a, asking like it. A qu- like, yeah, like a question they don't want to think about. Yeah, so I just stopped asking it. So what happens when we do prayer? Some of them will come and, and say, hey, "I'm getting out," yeah. or pray for this, or or I need help with this. Yeah. But there's some, you know, there's some there's some cases in there that that the I believe as as surface level, maybe the average person would probably be like, "Hey, you know, I ain't praying for this dude." Yeah, that, that's molestations. That's to, that's what to I, raping to to murdering. You know. Yeah, like, that's why I'm asking because, like, I mean. It, I think it's good not to know, right? Yeah. So you don't you don't have any any type of bias, you know, covering your you know uh, messing up with your judgment. But yeah, I mean, you have to realize. I mean, if you're on death row, you're probably you've probably yeah. done some serious yeah. stuff, man. Um, Just to create, I mean, for I, I think it's that's when you experience God's grace. Yeah, uh, 100%. because they they they're His children too, you know. Yeah. And I believe if His forgiveness is the ultimate forgiveness. Yeah, I don't have to. And not saying that I don't, but I don't have to forgive somebody for them to have access to heaven. Yeah, if they've received forgiveness and redemption from Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's it. You know, that, that's, that's all that it He's takes. He's the one who forgives, right? Yeah, man. So, uh, learning to see from that, despite of what my feelings say, or, or despite of like what I think, or what society has 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 told us to, to, to view people who who do whatever we consider horrific or tremendous. Um, I mean, horrific uh, uh, sin. We is we got to get past that. Yeah, because sin is sin, right? Right. Like, and yeah. We know that God forgi- if God forgives them and and and, and their new creations in Christ, like they're our brothers and sisters. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that's kind of a testament of of just the grace of God, right? Because Amen. God knows what they did. Yeah. Right? <laughs> through and through, and yeah. so it's almost as if we have to we have to take on the mindset like it's not even about what you did, you know. As 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 horrific as some of these actions can be, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, you you hear about cases like you know what's his name Dahmer, Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer, and it's like, dude, like, I mean, most I don't, most Christians probably couldn't forgive that, like, yeah. and, and then if it if it's close to home, like if it's if somebody that you love was a victim of that, that takes it on a whole other level. I mean, I, I don't even think we can we can fathom that, but like, have you seen the shack? I haven't seen the show. Oh my god, that's no. that's about. That's what it's about. Yeah, really? it's Is about it? this dude whose daughter gets raped and killed. Oh snap! And God no, and God shows up on him and and 
it takes him through the process of forgiving the dude who raped and killed his daughter. It's like, bro, I cried that whole movie. <laughs> well, yeah, especially, yeah. I mean, I, I got two girls. Like, that's, anytime I watch something with, like, you know, somebody's daughter, I'm, 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 I'm envisioning my daughter, you yeah, know? And yeah, it's, yeah. It's close to home. Yeah. Um, but, man, that's, that's, that's the grace of God, man. That's the grace of God. It has no, it has no limits for those that are, you know, truly repentant. Right. And that's that's the thing. And that's what we want. You know, I feel like that's that's our, not necessarily the purpose, but that's part of our life in Christ is wanting to act. Because if they don't go to heaven, then where do they go? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, right. and at that point, then who are what, what kingdom are we adding to? Right. Like we're either adding to the kingdom of heaven or to the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. And, and to add to the kingdom of heaven requires us to forgive, to love, to be merciful. That's so crazy, man, that you said that, because I think. Genuinely, without without maybe thinking about it, without saying it out loud, I think there's Christians who genuinely want people to go to hell. Yeah, yeah I believe so. I mean, yeah. again, they would probably never admit it. <laughs> yeah, but like, I yeah. mean, behind hurt, right? Maybe an yeah. offense. Yeah, or I judgment. mean, especially something like you know, raping somebody yeah. that you love. Like, yeah. you got all the. I mean, it's it's only natural for you to hate that person, yeah. right? And the if instinct, you, and is if the you flesh. hate that person, and if you can't forgive that person. I mean, you kind of have to think about it. Like, you're saying, I don't want to see this person in heaven. heaven. Right? That's deep, man. And then, what did you say? How can you actually for what, what? If you have a fence with your brother, yeah. Right? You got to go make that right before you come over here. Right. Uh, that's, that's, that's some heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were talking about um, Judas recently. And I, I preached a message on Judas, too, recently because um, I think the message was called um, Beyond. Oh, man, what was it? I'm having a brain fart now. I'll, I'll think about it in a second. Um, but basically, like, oh, it was beyond betrayal. So, like, every every moment, like, even up till the moment that, that Judas went to do what he was going to do, like, Jesus gave him every opportunity yeah. to repent. He never he never ratted Judas out. He never said, "Hey, this this is the one," right? Um, in front of all the disciples. I mean, he made hints like somebody's here that's gonna that's gonna yeah, betray yeah, me. Yeah. But he never said, you know, he didn't he didn't blast his all his dirt on Facebook like we do sometimes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he loved him at every moment. And there's I, I can't remember the the reference, but but he calls him friend, right? Like he says, do what you are about to do friend. Yeah, right. And so, yeah. And he, and he's calling him, he's, he's calling him friend. Like he's extending this invitation. Like, Hey, I'm like, you don't have to do this. Yeah. Right. Like I, you know, I, I'll love you even, even, you know, even though you were kind of toying and, and being tempted with all of this. Um, but you know, he obviously he gave into his, his, uh, his sin. Um, but that's just a testament, man. Like Jesus knew the extent to yeah. which Judas was going to sin and yet still had him sit down at the table. Do you think um, this is a question that I've asked uh, frequently? And I don't know. Uh, do you think that Judas knew before he, before he did it that he was not like at that moment or maybe even like let's say like a couple of days before. But from the moment that he was accepted into like the disciples, do you think that? In his mind, he already said, I'm going to betray Jesus. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of give a more um, technical answer um, just because I've, I've, I've studied it a little bit. Um, but there's a lot of scholars who believe that Judas was a zealot, kind of mm-hmm. like Simon the Zealot. Yeah, and yeah. so the zealots were like this militant group who believed 
that Jesus was going to be king, you know, um, and overthrow the Romans, right? The Roman, the zealots hated the Romans, yeah. right? Um, and so they believe that Judas was kind of of that mindset. And so when he joined the disciples, he was like, okay, Jesus, this Jesus guy is going to overthrow the Romans, just like everybody did. Right. Yeah. Um, and then once he started to find out, like, this is not what Jesus is about. Jesus is speaking a whole other language, a heavenly language. He's calling himself God. Then Judas was kind of like checked out like this, this guy, yeah. he's, he's crazy, you know? Um, and so from then on, he just decided to, to, um, you know, give him, yeah, give himself yeah. over. I, I think, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's obviously it's all speculation. What do, what do we really know what was going on in, in Judas' mind. But, I mean, I think you could say that the same thing for all the disciples, man. The disciples had a completely different view of who Jesus was going to be. I mean, they had the, the kind of the classical Jewish view that the Messiah was going to be um, another earthly leader. And so when Jesus is calling the disciples to himself, they're all excited, right? And what do they, what do they even ask? They, they, who's going to be the greatest in your kingdom, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they want to be, they want to have some, 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 some status. Exa- exactly, some rank. <laughs> but, but when Jesus started showing like his true colors and he started doing miracles and he started, you know, assigning uh, God to himself, you know, and, and, and proving it with all these signs and wonders, um, what is what is what does Peter say? He even admits it. You are the son of God. Yeah. Truly, you are the son of God. I don't think Judas ever had that moment. I've, yeah, uh, I don't think so either. Yeah, I, I I was like I don't know because a lot of times like I just feel like he he knows us before you know before we do before sure. you know yeah. what I mean? in yeah. and out. So for me, it's like I feel like this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I don't know if he knew he was going to do that. Yeah, you know? but I felt like in his heart he always had. Some sort of oh like, yeah, you know, there was like, always something. Yeah, in there. yeah. Well, I mean, it it says that he was you know the treasurer and he was always yeah. kind of taking there was some sort of greed and you know yeah. I mean, there was something in his involved heart involved in his life yeah. that he didn't want to correct. Yeah, imagine so I was I was having a discussion with that about somebody like imagine if we had a friend in our circle called Judas. Yeah. Like, how would we see him? <laughs> <laughs> like, if his actual name was Judas. That's how judgmental we are. <laughs> yeah. We don't know nothing about it, but just because his name is Judas, we're like, we're we'll around. Yeah. <laughs> we keep him at a distance. Yeah. No, but that's that's true, man. And I, I just, again, kind of going back to the other, to the conversation of, of grace, like, Jesus knew exactly what what Judas was going to do, even when he welcomed, welcomed him in. As a, as a disciple, Amen. and you kind of you kind of have. I feel like you had to do that. Like that's the whole message of Jesus, right? That I came not for the righteous, but for the sick, right? For Amen. for for the uh, for the sinner. And so if if he's rejecting Judas at the outset, you know, yeah, what does that do good. to his whole message? Yeah. You know? Um. So I did. Are, are you? Um. Do you watch the Chosen? Oh, I love that thing. Yeah. I, I love, love I love I love the chosen too, man. I think I cry all the time. I yeah, dude, it. me too, bro. <laughs> and it just it brings it, you know, it just brings the story to, to life in yeah. an illustrative way, which is what you know what we try to do too as as preachers. You know what I mean? Um, we try to bring the the text to life. So yeah, um, but I say that because I I remember watching that that little episode where Jesus meets Judas. Yeah, and. Um, you know, he's, he's, you know, you can kind of tell like something is going yeah, like so something's boiling in his spirit, <laughs> you know, but you know, he welcomes him in. So, um, but that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. So I, yeah, I love what you guys are doing, man, at, at the prisons and, and that's, uh, I mean, those are, I think we can make a pretty good argument that the people in the prisons are 
oftentimes forgotten about, right? Yeah, like, they are just, a lot, you know. They're the worst of the worst. Let's keep them there, and us civilians will just keep on living. You have to be intentional with remembering them for, for you not to forget them. Because even if you look at life, life, life is so... Life is so, like, it happens, you know? It's, it's just continuously happening it's fast life is just always on the move so if you're not intentional about hey i'm gonna go um visit the guys i'm gonna write to them i'm gonna remember them you won't because your your problems happen you know your life happens so you have to be intentional about remembering them and 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 loving them you know and 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 even caring for them because they're like literally separated in the yeah. whole you know another yeah. world so man i always think about this this guy who was um who was actually he was a friend for for a while and um and he used to come to the church and he was um i mean i was i wouldn't say i was close to him but you know i was i was his friend and and then one day um he he stops by i hadn't seen him in a while probably probably months but he stops by the church and he's he's really distraught and he's um, he's saying I'm I think I'm going to go to prison, and um, I won't I won't say what what he did, but it was it wasn't it wasn't good, mm-hmm. um, and I could just tell that he was you know he was really distraught, and I, I mean I prayed prayed for him, and um, and then sure enough he he went to prison, and his parents started coming for a while, they were totally just you know devastated, um, and some time went on. And I noticed, and I, I noticed that he had written, he had written me a letter that I hadn't opened because mm-hmm. it was, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, delivered to my home address. It was delivered here to the, to the church. Um, and so I just, I, I don't, I don't get the mail our, our, uh, our, our secretary does. Um, so it just kind of sat there for a while. And then I want to say months later, I opened it and he was just, he, he wrote, I remember him writing, like, I just need somebody to talk to, you yeah. know, like, I'm just, I'm, um, you know, it's, it's. Hurt yeah, it's, it's <laughs> horrible in here. I feel like I don't, I don't have anybody. And, um, man, I, I lost I lost the letter, and I never wrote him back. And I, like, I still think about it. Like, man, I, and, like, it's still, like, on my to-do list. Like, I got to, yeah. I got to find where he's at and go visit him. And because I don't want him to think. You forgot about I him. I forgot about him. Yeah. You know, and that, I mean, that, I remember having a moment, like, where I was thinking about that, and I, I even started crying, man. I was like, dude, I don't, I don't want him thinking that. Yeah. That just because he's in prison, considered this outcast, like I'm, I'm ignoring him. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe man, right I'll after this is, conversation is, um, is like I don't know, for lack of a better word, like heaven. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I, and I've never done prison time. Yeah. But in the times that I did, like jail time, when people call, when they call mail call, you're like. You know, yeah. just the excitement of like, am I getting a letter? Mm-hmm. You know, and then to see everybody else get a letter and you not get one, you know, especially if you if you spent time writing your family or, you know, your your your, your wife or your kids or whoever you're writing and you don't get a response. It, it can be discouraging, man. You know, it can be discouraging. That's why they say like, you know, mail call is is, is something that, that they take they take serious. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After I think after this conversation, I'm gonna go try to find where he's at and 
I mean, I'd, I'd love to just go and his mom, visit his parents him. don't know. You know, I we lost contact with with their oh, with gotcha, parents, gotcha. so yeah. I, I don't even know where they're at. Um, but it goes back to that thing: like life goes so fast. Mm-hmm. Even in the intentionality of like, yeah, I'm gonna write him, and then all of a sudden, boom, 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 you know yeah. what I mean? Before you know it, it's been three months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like I haven't wrote him yet. It just you, unless you're like no. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta drop everything. You gotta make you it a right priority. now. You know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. life will take its toll on us, man. Yeah, man. Um, so, what else, man? Like, what what are you? Um, I guess in your in your kind of pastoral ministry, all that stuff, leadership ministry. What what are what have been some things that maybe you've um, you've learned in in ministry? We can talk about ministry for for a bit. Uh, ministry is obviously different than you know just a. Uh, I mean, I think every Christian is a minister in, in some Amen. in some capacity. That's what we're called to do. Um, but I guess organized ministry is in church ministry. You know, all that type of stuff. It it does. Um, it's a it's a different animal, right? So yeah. how's how's that been uh, for it's you? Been a, it's been a journey, man. Uh, it's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of learning, a lot of uh, seeing of myself, you know, and discovering of myself and and my yuck and my imperfections and my lack of faith in certain areas and then the encounter that I have with God's grace and God's mercy and his willingness to to sanctify me of those things and and cleanse me and 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 and, and grow me I think that you know we were talking about earlier one of the things that happens in in as a pastor is that sub, subconsciously and whether you want it or not people put you on the platform yeah. You know, and it might not be of a platform as on the stage, but in their heart. In yeah. their heart you have you are now uh God's voice and you're now a role model and you are now somebody who who has to have a perfect life, mm, you know, mm, who mm-hmm. can't struggle, you know. So yeah. so the, the the challenge of 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 staying genuine and, 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 and understanding that yeah, you know what, you're not gonna you you you're you're gonna make mistakes. Yeah. And 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 even like we were talking about earlier, not not pleasing man but pleasing God. Because you can get so caught up in, in, in living a life that you're not called to live that you forget your your purpose in in, right. in in ministry and not even in ministry but as a son of God. Right. And you know one thing that, that I learned uh early on was I I'm not people's God. You know, I'm not Jesus in people's life. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes we want to be. And sometimes yeah. they, they want us to be. You know, we want to be in the sense of, like, I want to see people change so bad. You know, I want them to encounter Jesus so bad that sometimes we overwhelm. We run ourselves exhausted. Like, you know, so learning to, to allow God to be God in people's lives was something that that was a challenge for me because um, I wanted to save the world, man. You know what that, I mean? That's, yeah, you said it. You said, <laughs> I, I think we, we want to be he, the heroes, man. Yeah. Like we want, yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day, I think every pastor, every genuine pastor is is giving all the glory and the credit to, to God. But like there is that self-validation. There's that validation that everybody kind of wants or yeah. from people, you know? And, and yeah, like <clears throat> if I, if I worked on you, you know, if I discipled you, like you're my disciple, you yeah. know, it's like, it's like yeah. some type of territorial stamp that we put on, on people, you know, because yeah, we want to be, I don't know if that's just a, a man thing, man. I, what do you, yeah. what do you think? I think it's just it's a, a, a territorial, you know, a territorial <laughs> thing. Like we feel like we've invested so much. Yeah. And I think that's where like, um, the distinction comes from 
keep your mind on heavenly things mm-hmm. and things above and living a life that's uh, according unto God these yeah. things from it's like are you building your kingdom or are you building God's kingdom because yeah. if you're building God's kingdom those are his people yeah. and if he wants to take them from here to over there in one season that's not that's not upon us to dictate right. I can't stop that you know what I mean so continually giving my full effort and my full heart and passion and love unto the glory of God trusting that he's gonna do what he's gonna do with them is is is, is sometimes what, what we get blinded by yeah because I want them at I want them in my church you know what I mean right, right. I've, been, I've done so much and they're growing so much and now they're gonna go over there you know what I mean yeah. but nah like it's for the kingdom of heaven it is man yeah one, we, one I, thing too that I that I, that I um, really encountered and I told my wife was like we can't tell people what to do you know uh, as, as as pastors and as leaders a lot of people come to you for answers yeah. and uh, sometimes we're willing to give them what we think is the answer and not saying that it's wrong or sometimes that it's from a bad place but I had to learn to teach people how to run to God mm-hmm how to listen to God and how to obey God mm-hmm. because I can tell you hey maybe, maybe you should divorce that person <laughs> and then they get divorced and they, their life gets yeah. ruined and now all of a sudden I'm, out. I'm the bad guy <laughs> right? so yeah. I'm like no what is God telling you to do right. You know, right what is God telling you and listen to God and obey God and learn how to hear God and when he tells you to do then you do yeah you know so even in that in that sense of like I can't tell you what to do man yeah I, I, yeah, I think that's a good point I mean People, people call, call me or have meetings with me, you know, as a pastor and, and, and they want, you know, obviously they want some, some counsel and there's nothing wrong with counsel. Amen. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like, I don't, I don't have the answer yeah. for your life. You know, yeah. like I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't even know what God is calling you to in this, in this moment. So, I mean, I think we can, we can spit facts, you know, like, Hey, this is what the Bible says, yeah. you know, this is, this is what this is. This is what this is. Um, but what what you should do? I don't. I don't run know. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Run to Jesus, man. That's Jesus. Yeah, um, yeah. Because we have. I mean, there's there's power. There's power to our words, man. Um, yeah, but going back to kind of what you were saying about you know just being being the hero, like we have to remember that we're we're not we're not the craftsman, right? We're not the mm-hmm. master. We're mm-hmm. we're the we're the tool. Um, and so God is God is the, the the craftsman. And so whatever mm-hmm. he wants to do through us, we have to be okay with it. And God may be using us for a while and it feels good to be used. It also doesn't feel good to be used, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's another conversation there. But yeah, when God is using you, it, it, it does feel good. And, and sometimes we can, um, you know, we can, I mean, in the Bible, it's, it, you know, the, the illustration is the, the potter in the potter's hands. Mm. Um, I'm not into pottery, so I'll, I'll just kind of use like a like a like a drill or something, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like the drill's not saying, "Well, look what an awesome job I did." Yeah. Right? Um, it's 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 about you know who's using it, and so Amen. God is. If God is using you, that's the extent to which you know our our glory. If we have any, um, that's where it goes. Like it, that's we're just we're just being used. Yeah. Right? Even with the even understanding that it's a privilege. Yep. to be used because the truth is that he didn't even he didn't even have to spiritually awake us mm-hmm. like he could have left us dormant and, and lost yeah. in, in our mess but he decided to reveal himself to us yeah. so that we can be saved so that we can encounter him and know him and, and, and even be used for his glory right. you know but 
you know, just the, the independent, like I was telling you, depending on your on your culture and your upbringing, that affirmation feels good. You know what I mean? And, oh, and yeah. sometimes we long for it. And to deny the fact that we long for it, it, it we're kind of deceiving ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it, it's important to say, you know, and I know that this is something that is in my heart. You know, and I need I need you to check it, Lord, or I need to check it, Lord, and surrender it to you. Reveal it to me when I'm making it a idol, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm allowing it to 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 lead me in directions that I shouldn't be going, or when I allow it to excite me, or when I allow it to to dictate how I see myself in ministry and 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 pastoring or whatever we're doing. But just being real with yourself and with God, because He can't change fake. You know, what I mean? yeah. you can't change somebody you're not. You yeah. need to be as real as you are in your mess for Him to say, okay. Yeah, I got you on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's part of worshiping in spirit and the truth. Like, Come on. Um, you have to give God who you are, right? Amen. Don't try to be somebody you're not. Because yeah. God, you know, if God called you, he called you. He didn't call you to be a different version of yourself, right? right. And so many times we're so influenced by people that we are submitting to them more than we are to God, right? Mm. And and, and um, that's not what we're called to do, man. And it, it it's, it's not to say that it's easy, right? Because... People affirm you, right? Yeah, people yeah. have that power. People yeah. people can either shut you down, they can cancel you, yeah. they can applause, they can they can praise you. And so we we listen to that feedback and we act accordingly. God, I mean, we don't we don't hear God yeah. clapping he's his hands. Tangible. Yeah, he's not. So <laughs> like all we all we really have to go by is the obedience of 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 who God called us to be mm-hmm. and the faith that God is pleased with us whenever we're doing our best to please him. And and so that's that has to go beyond the, the people pleasing and all the noise and all Amen. that stuff. Yeah, um, but I think that's that's so true, man. And I think that's great for everybody who's listening. Um, I, do you have any anything else to say? I, I know we're I know we're kind of cl- cutting it close. This is going to be one of the the shorter podcasts that I do, and that's my bad because I got here a little late. But um, <laughs> I do want to make sure I get you out of here on on time. But um, anything else you want to? You want to share? Yeah, man. I just uh, just encourage people, man, to to chase Jesus. You know, I think in in you know in life and in Christianity, um, we get caught up in in what we're doing, you know, and not yeah. in who we are, yeah, and not who He says we are, or not even in His finished works. That's such a good. Point. You know, like um, our life is a life of faith in Christ, and we we walk by faith, not by sight. You know, so uh, I understanding that you are who he says you are because of what he did and it's your faith in that that empowers you to do you 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 read you pray you go to church because you are a son you know because you are a christian you don't do those things to become a christian and yeah. you know i believe that that's one of the biggest things that we uh face in christianity the affirmation thing we want so much we find so much value and and what we do and so much worth and being affirmed for what we're doing that we forget that he's already called you to be who you who you're supposed to be mm-hmm. right? he's already established the good works that he has for you before the foundations of the earth like these things are already set forth it's just us receiving them and believing them so if self-condemnation guilt shame you know for the for the things that you're going you're doing or not doing Man, fight those things with, with, with God's word and God's faith and God's love and, and trust that, you know, he loves you. you yeah. Know, he accepts you. He wants you. And he's, he'll transform you. The power of the Holy Spirit in, in conviction and in transformation is like no other, man. Oh, yeah. You know, trust it and yield to it. Yeah. But, man, yeah, just that's pretty much it, man. Trust, trust in God and, and who he says you are. Yeah. I love that, man. Um, 
there's there's no way that I could probably do um, what you do. You know, I think you do it naturally because that's, you know, that's everybody has a story. Again, mm-hmm. like going back to our uh, the beginning part of the conversation, everybody's got a story and God turns that mess into a message. Right. He mm-hmm. he makes the ugly into something and something beautiful. And I can, you know. I'm really inspired by the by the prison ministry. We were talking about this earlier. You know, it's something that I've I've wanted to bring to our church. We haven't done it yet, um, and I think we have the guys to to do it. Yeah. Um, but like for me, I don't know that. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I would be great at it. But to me, I feel like I I don't have that strength. And and um, I guess my my point is, I think everybody needs to, you know, give God their weaknesses. And also give God their strengths, right? Amen. Like, like the things that I'm strong in, I need to do with all my heart, with all my might, you know, because there's God, there's, there's God given gifts that I mm-hmm. can do that you can do that I need to be a good steward of. And the things that I'm weak in, I can't control that. But, yeah. but the Bible says, you know, when we are weak, he is, he is strong, perfect, right? Man. So if we give God both our strengths and our weaknesses, I mean, there's, we'll be unstoppable. There's no man. telling, right? Yeah. There's no telling what he can do with it. Yeah. Amen. So, all right, bro. Well, I appreciate you you coming in, man, and and having this conversation. We'll have to do a I don't have to do a part two, part two. Some, <laughs> sometime sometime in the future, bro. Amen. But I want to get you out of here, bro. But um, thank you again. Um, God bless you. God bless everything that that the Lord is doing in you and your ministry. Um, God bless your family as well. Likewise, man. Thank all you right. for having me, all and right, I appreciate bro. you. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you for listening to the JRC Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation. If you didn't, I hope you'll give it another chance. If you did, do me a favor and give me a rating and a review on iTunes by going to the JRC Podcast and and leaving it there. You can also help by sharing the content. That would mean a lot to me. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, head over to the website, jrcpodcast.com, and you can get in touch with me there. Have a blessed week, and until next time, peace out.